0: Welcome back to the show. I'm your host Hayden Oakley and this is the Old Ego Podcast. On today's episode we have Sam Trey and Breeze from Firebird. They are an Adelaide band that you've never heard of that have done more than your band. <laughs> no, but for real, this guy's really cool. Um, they, they've done a lot of hard work and they've managed to like kick off some really impressive goals while um, still being like a really young band and, and just you know, like two really young people just out there. like. I don't know, doing cool art and then trying their best to get it in front of, you know, large audiences. And I reckon they've definitely achieved that. Um, There's a lot more to this band than ATI. And I reckon if that is something that interests you, give this pod a go. um, Hit us up on the socials. uh, I think it's at Altegopod on Instagram. um, Or or send me an email. Uh, I think it's uh, Altegopod at gmail.com. Anyway, here's the show. All right, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for jumping on. Uh, could you introduce yourselves real quick?
1: Yep. Yeah, what's up? Uh, we're Sam Trey and Breeze from the Adelaide band Firebird. It's good to be here. Thank you very much for having us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. No worries, guys. That's all good. We were um, just catching up real quick just before the show. You guys are doing pretty good. How's, um, you know, living in South Australian lockdown been? I know you guys just actually got out of having a couple days under the hammer, but um, how are you guys feeling?
2: It's fine. Like, I feel like we can't say anything because uh, South Australia's had it so good through the entire lockdown. So it just feels like anything we say is just like It's just like twisting the knife for
1: anyone that experienced like a legit (laughs) lockdown. Like literally we had like at the beginning, um, we had just kind of like restrictions. So, and then I know like a few like gyms and stuff like that, they closed down, but it didn't feel like it was for very long and then it was just like capacity venues and like for restaurants and whatever and it was it just felt really normal cuz we still got up every day going to work and it was like okay so we can't just have like massive groups at home doesn't matter we just <laughs> like don't really invite people over anyway it was
2: like an introvert's like yeah absolute dream. it's like life hasn't changed Definitely not being asked to like go anywhere like like fine. the
1: worst we still had all like the panic buying and stuff but yeah. like then when they hit us with like we're actually going into a six-day lockdown everyone freaked out and then it lasted a day and a half and then it got lifted so we were like
2: Yeah. okay I mean, i'm still confused about it. but yeah i mean yeah we haven't mm. had it as bad as other places so like it just yeah. feels like anything we say is sort of like not being compassionate to those people. Like I'm angry for those people that have like, you know, actually experienced like losing their job and everything. So yeah, yeah I am just like, ah, uh, yeah. Don't ask us about it. <laughs> like, what? We can't make comments. <laughs>
0: <can't make> comment. <laughs>
2: yeah, next thing. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah. It's been okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, um, I have a funny story as well because my partner, she has family in South Australia and it was funny. She was going to go up because we're in Melbourne, so the restrictions were eased to travel like not long before you guys had your lockdown. It was like, I don't know, like a week or something. And then uh, on the, when the lockdown was announced, my partner was going to come up for her niece's birthday and then the restrictions hit in South Australia. For, and like the one or two days it was, was actually when like her birthday dinner and all oh, that was going to go oh, ahead. Oh. So the entire birthday plans just got canceled. Oh. But um, that,
2: is like that was the, just a funny little the tidbit. The common just, story we're going to hear of 2020 is like, I had this plan and that didn't happen. <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah, I don't know. Even in South Australia where it didn't even, you know, it wasn't quite as bad as other places, yeah, you that know, is you still get
1: that story. I feel so bad for yeah. that. Just like, oh, the two yeah. days we actually had a lockdown.
2: Mm. that
0: was what it yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: was and now we had to cancel it yeah that's
0: pretty unfortunate <laughs> so good so good that's that's COVID for you but um <laughs> anyway enough about COVID dude this uh this show we like to talk about um you know the the story of a creative and the journey that a creative takes into becoming you know an artist in in their own right so I'd like to talk to you guys because I know you guys are brother and sister so this would be a really a really interesting chat to have um about the musical background you guys have had and, you know, your journey to becoming, you know, Firebird. So what was the early years like when you guys were kids? Was there music in the household growing up? What was the family structure like?
3: You you take it away because
2: you're um, the eldest. Yeah, we we definitely picked up playing music um, at a pretty young age. Like I started drums when I was eight and I kind of just fell into it because – I think I was probably yeah seven or eight, and my dad was like, you can pick a hobby. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, you know, something you can do outside of school. And he's like, you can pick sport or you can pick music. Like, what do you want? And this was around the time like Space Jam was out. (laughs) So I was like, well, I want to be Michael Jordan. So I was like, I'm going to play basketball. And that didn't last very long. Because, they, well, they were like, oh, you're, you know, you're good enough to join a team if you want. And the team was called the Panthers. And I remember that night I had a nightmare of this panther, like, stalking me and trying to eat me. You know, he's looking at me like, what? I didn't know that. You know, I was like, well, this is, I'm not playing basketball because I'm probably going to get eaten by this beast. So I was like, I want to play the drums because we would, like, watch the Muppets a lot and Animal was, like, always my favourite. I don't know why. It's just, like, wild and got to hit things. So, yeah, I just got lessons and ended up, my teacher was like, oh, you're actually, like, pretty good at this, which, like, secret with instruments is, like, not that hard to learn. So it's, like, (laughs) you know, it's, like, it's fine. But, yeah, then... um. He he's like a couple years younger than me, so I was like, Well I want someone to like play music with. So I just like made him play the bass. <laughs> made him your musical yeah.
0: lackey. It's so like, you come along.
2: Yeah. yeah. And um and then we also have another sibling. Well we have two other siblings, but our sister was a really good singer, so we would um like jam a lot just to like whatever song that we liked. Um and then we ended up actually making a band and we were we would play music for no pretty much a whole childhood up until probably about four years ago. And that's when we started Firebird. She wanted to go play um, the lawyer. <laughs> she she would, wanted to go, and she be got, a
1: lawyer.
3: <laughs> go <laughs> play happened. lawyer. Yeah, she wants to
2: go play lawyer. She just got really into suits and, you know, everyone wants to be a lawyer. Um, no, but she no, actually... She
1: actually did like law, but then she watched suits and was like, yeah, this is
2: cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she, she actually, like, finished uni and everything. Um, But we were like, well, we don't want to do any of that. So we were just like, well, we'll just continue just us two. Because you know how hard it is, like, mm. finding other people to join your band that's, like, actually good and then Mm. actually wants to be in a band, not just, like, get free drinks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, I remember, like, we kind of were forced to do it just as the two of us in the first place anyway because we had a show booked with the three of us but then our sister was like, you know, she wanted to go and do law. She didn't she couldn't juggle music and law. It was like shit. And yeah. so she was like, I'm going to choose law and we were like, "Oh, okay. That sucks, but whatever you want to do." And then we were like we ha- kind of have this gig booked. I'll just tell the guy we'll just do it together like we're just going to do it as a two piece. We didn't even have a name yet. We were just like, "Yeah, all right." And then we were just jamming to like whatever song.
2: Yeah, it was kind of like whatever from the beginning. That we had.
1: <laughs> try and find like a sound and everything and then yeah so we kind of were forced into doing it No, yeah. it was pretty good though it like, <laughs> <Now> <laughs> it's
2: like now we're held against our will It turned out pretty playing good playing in firebird yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so back when it was just the the three the three of years um what was what was the difference between like that and firebird so was it like the sound kind of like still up that that like uh, i i guess alternative rock kind of avenue or were you guys doing something different back then
1: yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of like alternative rock, but I think we weren't as like, I don't know, um, it wasn't the same energy and I think the songs, they sounded, I think we always got told like the songs had more of like a country twang in it, <laughs> which I at the time I didn't like, but I hear it now and I actually really, like if I listen back on anything, I like it. Yeah. Um It's cool and I can hear where they're hearing it and stuff, but yeah so it was kind of just that whole time with that band it was we were very scared of like um exploring exploring further than what we were kind of doing just because it was we knew what was working, but um mm. in our live show, there were always like little sections where it would be just like really riffy and like really jammy, um and it was like so good, but we'd never been able to like record that moment before so then now i think mm. with firebird we were kind of like in the last few years of like um that band we were kind of encouraged to like oh just like dive into that like dark they called it the dark side dive into that dark side a little bit yeah um, that's right. so we did a little bit and then when we were doing in the studio or like so the rehearsal yeah. space we were like let's explore this dark side everyone's talking about yeah and then here we are <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, so, the dark side everyone's talking about. So, do you guys have a bit of a following before you did Firebird or was that just like friends and family and stuff? Who's they?
1: Oh, so like they, and- they would have been, uh, we were working on a recording right before our sister was kind of leaving. Um, and so, there we had like a producer in Sydney listening on some of the tunes and stuff and we played some of them live for him in a studio and he was just, like, picking up on the more jammy moments and he's like, this needs to be, like, involved in the songs more. But so we actually worked on, like, six, uh, five tracks with him up in Sydney at, like, the Sony studios and um, it's... Yeah, this it was Steve really, Balby, right? Oh, so that was in Fibre. This is still in the other band, like, with California Cousins. So this was, like, all before the move. That's where mm. kind of, like, the people bringing in this, like, go to the dark side kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it would just be... It sounds so
2: funny to it say. Does it does sound funny to Go
1: to the dark side. Go to the dark side. Just explore that darker side a little bit. Yeah. It seems evil, but it was good.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So... Early on, what, what was like your influences? Because, you know, you've got like this very particular kind of sound at the moment. You're saying that there's a little bit more country before. Where did that influence come from? Was music a big part of the household? Like were your parents like super into some stuff? Were they musicians? What was the influence in the household?
2: They would, yeah, our parents love listening to music. I, I don't know if they're like musicians, like our dad would play guitar, but not like in a band or anything. But, um. I think early on the influences was like whatever our parents would listen to, but then because we're '90s kids, so like it was all. By the time you know you could choose your own music, like music was just so commercial, and it was just like pop punk. Like that was it, pop punk, and like yep. you listen to it now, and you just kind of like Ugh, it's cringy but amazing at the same time. So <laughs> <laughs> like, and then
0: I mean, it's coming back right yeah. now.
2: And so it was just sort of, I don't I don't know where I think it was just the different elements because, you know, every musician ha- brings their own uh, part of who they are to the table. So, you know, when mm. you when you start adding in other elements, you're gonna get a little bit of everyone's influence. But um yeah, we, we kinda like listen back now to like like a lot of bands like Good Charlotte or whatever, and you're just like, Oh my gosh, you can just see a little, even now, like, sometimes I'll hear a little bit of it. Like, even though now we're trying to sort of kind of the way that we have always done with Firebird is we would just want to, like, break any, anything that's, like, here's what you're supposed to do or here's an influence and we go kind of, like, mm. nah, no thanks and do the opposite or just try and, or like, just come just take at that it,
1: thing and break it. Yeah, just, or like, just ruin it.
2: Just ruin it and, like, and... Yeah, I think, like, that's that's the fun part of you are always evolving as a person anyway, but that also happens in your music. So um, I know, like, I used to listen to, like, a lot of hip-hop and EDM, you know, like, as soon as you become a teenager, like, you're just like, I'm listening to my own music now. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's funny now those influences are popping up a lot more, and I think it's just because we haven't set any sort of boundaries on Firebird. It's sort of like allowing it to be whatever you're feeling at that moment, or whatever, whatever sort of the vibe now, and just like going with it, not sort of being like, oh, I don't know, like you know, is this the sound that everyone's after at the moment, or like is that trending now, or like we've never liked that stuff because it's like that's not what a what a creative's meant to do. Creative's meant to be so pigeonholed in their own shit that whatever comes out the end, that's what people vibe to. Like 100%, that's what you made type thing. Mm. So yeah, we've always liked not being able to be compared to anything because we feel like, okay, our job's kind of being done. So,
0: but yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, so it sounds like, like you know, you've got that, those, because, you know, that early 2000s, late 90s kind of vibe was very much like overly produced guitar music. Yeah. I, I think yeah. would be the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, you know, getting a bunch of, you know, platinum songwriters in a room and getting was, like yeah, this group like, of people who yeah. are like sweaty and smelly and being like, okay, the yeah. guess we're going to do was this.
2: Like, this was making us money. Just replicate, <laughs> like, right, replicate,
1: so, replicate. Cool. So complain about that girl again. And that's the next track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: exactly exactly but it's cool it's cool like i i've got a very fond place in my heart for all of that stuff as well because i don't know it was it was an era of music that i don't think can come back the same way i mean kind of is now because like back then you know you had bands like you say like good charlotte you had like blink 182 you had um you also had like those new metal bands like fucking limp biscuit was like like fred durst was a cultural icon at one stage and it's just like to think back to that time is it's insane that like I not know. That was a thing. But it's kind of happened again now. I know you've got like MGK who's like, kind of popping yeah. off. And you've got, you know, some of those underground, like, I guess, emo hip hop artists, emo rappers, or whatever. They're kind of like starting to take a whole heap of, I don't know, the Zeitgeist and influencing a bunch of kids now. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird how it's come back, but in a completely different yeah. way. Yeah. But that's just like the,
2: the other side of it as well was all the like Nickelodeon and Disney bands. Like oh, yeah. brothers oh, hell yeah. and like Miley Dude, Cyrus Brothers and, was like
1: my first favorite band ever.
2: And like, Oh, and, oh man. So it was just like this accumulation of all this stuff in the early 2000s. Cause then you had like all the like pop singers as well. So there was so much stuff where it's, like, yeah, you have to kind of, like, go back now and listen to it all and just being, like, oh, my gosh, it's, like, an explosion of, like, all this different genres. Yeah. And we didn't even realise, mm. like, because then you go to, like...
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: like, you just didn't even know, like, because then you go to, like, all the Ministry of Sounds and everything that was oh, coming yes. out and, like, it was just a crazy mm. time, like, yeah. And I think because, yeah, we grew up in it, so it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, ah... Uh, you can't hate it. Cause I used to be like nineties music is the worst like, all the time. Like it's the worst, but like, you do find like some of it where you're like, oh, it's actually like pretty catchy. Like, so I'll give them that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or you'll, you'll have those moments of just like shameful being like, Oh, I like this, but I can't let anyone know that I yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yep. There's a lot of that now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I,
0: I like to embrace it. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, um, being like afraid of 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 like in that old stuff like i uh, know there's like there's definitely a lot of cheese but there's so much merit to a lot of it i mean there's a reason like why like blink-182 made the same song like a million times and you know went multi-platinum like on all the records it's like it, it there was definitely like cheesy moments but it comes from a place of uh i guess intuition and understanding like what what people are after at the time yeah so, i don't know i think it's i think it's cool
2: yeah
0: i agree so moving on a bit um you guys uh part away with your sister and you started doing the two-piece thing so what year is that i mean what 2016? Uh, yeah, around, yeah,
1: yeah, 2016 yeah it would have been 2016 where we like started working on it mm. um just like doing the rehearsal space trying to <clears throat> Yeah. Trying to do everything we could to not sound like the White Stripes or just like a or oh,
2: Royal Blood. We didn't want to sound Yeah, that was like something. any two piece out there, you name it, just yeah, we didn't that. want to just sound
1: like a uh like rehashed garage punky band that's just like trashy yeah. guitars and trashy cymbals. Um
0: Yeah. It's really hard being a two piece because there is like a, a tendency to like pigeonhole is like it's of, they sound like royal blood or they sound like um what's that other band the man why why am i forgetting this it's like my name's blurry face and i can't oh 21 talking.
1: pilots yeah
0: 21 pilots yeah or 21 pilots or you know any of those like really popular two-piece acts you know it's so hard to like break out of that stigma because mm. I, I know a couple of people have done the same thing and it's so, like they're always just like Yeah, nah, people got to stop telling us that we sound like Royal Blood because, like, none of this sounds like we just, like, have a guitar and a drum kit. That's what I
2: find is, like, because we would always be compared to the White Stripes because of a chick drummer. And, like, I have Mm. no shame in saying this, but I had no idea who the White Stripes were before people started (laughs) Mm. going, hey, you're like the White Stripes. And I was like, why? And they're like, because they have a chick drummer. And then I looked them up and I'm like, we're nothing like them. Like, we're totally different animals. Like, The White Stripes was all about Jack White making weird noises and Firebird is about Mm. destroying shit. Like, (laughs) like, that's that's so different. I was just like, it kind of does feel people do become complacent when they go, oh, you just sound like that. They're just like, no, we look like it maybe, but we don't sound like it at all. Mm. Because we sometimes get the Royal Blood reference and I'm always like, really? Like... I don't know. We don't have the same tones in our sound at all. But I think, yeah,
0: you're saying people. But you distortion then, on this guitar. Yeah. I mean, like. <laughs>
1: so I get most <laughs> offended at the Royal Blood one because it's a bass guitar and we, <laughs> we like, we've just built up this um, total disrespect for that instrument out of like a bit of, it, it started out <laughs> of fun. And now it's actually started, like, getting a little bit serious Because we're right? overthinking,
2: so we like, we <laughs> overthink it, and then we start believing uh, our own bullshit. Yeah,
1: it started out of fun. It's <laughs> like, I remember when we started doing Firebird, people were always like, you guys need to get a bass player. <laughs> and we were like, wow, well, we don't really want to get another person because that means that's, like, another thing to organise. Like, got to organise rehearsals because we know we're together all the time, so we'd just be like, Wednesday, rehearsal, yep, (laughs) and you can't hide from it or bail because you live in the same house. So it's like, and because I'm scared of my big sister a little bit, but whatever. What? But um, they'd be (laughs) like, oh, so we like, we don't want to get another person. And if we did, don't really want to get like a bass player
0: because I don't know, it's just...
1: Too it's too a bit
0: obvious. of a waste of an instrument, guys. Like, yeah, come on. It's too obvious, it's like, I think.
1: <laughs> playing low notes. So <laughs> it started as, like, a joke of just being like, nah, we don't need one. That instrument sucks anyway. And then... Well, we used to you...
2: joke and be like, oh, he's always late.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> and then what, what we noticed, and this, like, is something that we inherited from our dad for sure, um, <laughs> is, like, the reaction from people when you say something like, nah, bass is shit anyway. Some people get really offended at that.
2: They're not even bass players. And they're not
1: even bass players. and They don't even and, play an
2: instrument. And that,
1: like, <laughs> that like, boggled me so much that they cared because there's so many bass jokes about how they're not even important. But then when you start to say it and people think you're serious, like, shit instrument, people will be like, yeah. whoa.
2: But you're, you're really good at that. Like, he's really good at sounding sarcastic where you don't know it's sarcasm. Yeah. So it gets um, me sometimes.
1: So I just like noticed a reaction of like, and then I was like, oh man, I'm playing to this so hard.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, especially <laughs> the bass player. We just started. No, no, it's 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 good though, because like honestly, like fuck bass yeah. players, like they don't have a place in music. It's fine. Like we don't need. Them.
1: Have yeah. you seen Coldplay live? You know that guy doesn't do anything. He looks so poor. Cool. <laughs> he actually looks depressed because he's yeah. like, oh. I don't know what I'm playing anymore. I'm just being low drones. He just gets like, to yeah. the
2: studio and he's like, I don't even need to be here, guys. We all know. Just quarter notes, four notes, fine. They're like, Oh, <laughs> we
1: omitted your part anyway, don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, fuck. That's so rough. Yeah. It's true that Like I, uh, I I did a record recently and we were like, should we record actual bass or should we just MIDI to like save time and spend time doing other shit? It's like, yeah, let's just fucking media. <laughs> and it's just like I don't think anyone would tell the difference. No, they, they don't. don't.
2: That's a secret. No they
1: one, don't. No
0: one
2: knows.
1: But I, I learned that we had to make a distinction between um, bass, the sound, and bass, the instrument, because when we put out, like, our most recent projects, I have got a couple comments because some of it's, like, quite hip-hop influenced, so there's a lot of, like, sub and, like, low bass synth sounds. People were like, oh, for someone who doesn't really like bass, there's a lot of bass in that. And I was like, you don't listen, do you? They
0: we like, oh, come at us. I'm going to have to come. Um, this isn't a bass guitar. Yeah. Come on, get with it. So, so that was actually leads into a question I want to ask. So how do you guys um, achieve like, you know, that low end in, in the songs that you've been putting out? How, how have you been going about having those, you know, bass frequencies essentially, like in the mix? Synth
1: bass. Yeah, just synth bass. Like- yeah.
0: Is that live as well?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah live so we just like play to the we just like pre-record stuff and just play to the track that was something that like yeah.
2: we're DJs
1: that was something as well <laughs> coming, it's actually so weird coming from like um a more rock background because that other band it was like we were kind Shoot, of I you drop, drop my, you chop a chop, I chop. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> interview over <laughs> I'm <out of> here. <laughs> uh, what was I saying yeah when we sort of were, like doing the three piece with our sister, just like doing like the local Adelaide scene. You're just sort of thrown into like, all right, you guys are probably a rock band. So we're going to put you on all these rock and metal gigs, which
3: was, always um, fun.
1: it's so weird that there's like such a hatred for using anything. That's not an organic instrument.
0: <laughs> and it was, I, I have such a pet hate for people who are like that, man. It's just like, sorry, I didn't realise we are in 1945. Yeah, it's that's so what, ridiculous. And then so when
1: you show up to a show and we're like, nah. have a computer set up next to the drum kit and they're like, what's that? And then we're like, oh, it's our track. It's our bass player. <laughs> and some people would be like, oh, so like, what, look at me. And they'd be like, so what do you actually play? Is it just on the track? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, no, all your favorite bands that you see at stadiums are doing this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> it's just like such a weird ignorance. Like auto tune. No one realizes every mm. fucking singer has got auto tune, all right?
0: Every single track. Absolutely. <laughs> thank,
2: thank, thank, God and thank, T-Pain. thank God for T Pain. Thank God for T Pain. Yeah, but it's like, it's like <laughs> that's what true rebel effect, and I love it. Yeah, but he's a true rebel. Yeah. Because I could just see the inspiration. Have you heard it's- him without? The he's, really on. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Yeah, he's amazing. A good singer. That's why I'm like, he's a rebel. That's
1: what makes the auto tune even better. Because he's like, yeah, I've got the voice of an angel. But guess what I'm doing?
2: Auto tune. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> so you don't deserve to uh, hear this exactly, without the auto tune. Yeah, if you judge me with that's a guy you- that
2: got way too many comments about. Mm, <laughs> like,
0: if you judge me with auto tune, you don't deserve to hear me without <laughs> auto tune.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Such a teenage girl.
1: But yeah, so we kind of got. I think we just have, like, a really weird attitude against, like, oh, that's not the norm. You guys can't be doing that. And we're like, oh, yeah, Yeah. we're going to do it even harder.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, what just? Like, that's a funny thing. It's like, this is music. There's no rules here (laughs) apart from the notes. But even then, you could break that. So, it's Mm. like...
0: Well, just just, just wait until, like, you know, five, six years down the track when, you know, the the stigma behind using a laptop is gone. You guys will have to go back to not using a laptop just to... Or maybe even have the laptop there, but like it's not actually running any tracks. You're just like fucking playing Minecraft or some shit. I don't yeah.
1: yeah, we'll be like, wow, I can't <laughs> believe like bands are not using laptops. That's just so, oh. No, like we'll just be like, days. I can't
2: believe bands are actually playing their instruments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe How humans. Like we have holograms now. Why are you even yeah. rocking up to the venue? <laughs> you
1: guys, you know, you can just like work hard for maybe two months and then just sit on your ass the rest of the year. You don't even have to go on tour. <laughs>
2: That's
0: sad. Oh, man. I hope sad. it never gets better. Cool. So, <laughs> so to get back on track, um, we were talking about you guys uh, just started kicking things off. You started getting some shows uh, as Firebird. What were those early shows like and how did you get onto those shows?
1: Hmm. Yeah. That was sloppy as those shows. Like, I thought, have <laughs> you ever looked back on some of those videos? <laughs> I'm just like, what the heck am I trying to do with my voice there? <laughs> um.
2: But you were nervous because I was nervous because I'd
1: never been like a lead singer before. So I was like, damn it, I got to carry the voice. Um, But yeah, it was kind of just, I don't know, they're really, they were really fun um, because it was like a new thing we were doing. It was exciting. But how did we even get shows? We just booked them. Yeah, just booked them because we wanted to play more. We heard about like, um, Actually, there was a really cool venue here uh, called Marion, Marion Cultural Center. We did a couple of shows there just because it was a big space that had a good sound system, and it had like a screen at the back booth so we could like invite people to a to a theater where you would never fill it because it was way too big a room, but it had a good sound system, so you would sound good. People would be able to hear things. (laughs) Actually hear what you sound like. (laughs) And then, like, we could also utilise, like, having media in the background and so just, like, putting graphics and shit and lyrics on the wall. Um, And it kind of made the people feel like they were going to see, like, a concert, not just, oh, yeah, my mates are in this band and they're playing in the corner of a pub. (laughs) Because those are like, like you have have to do those shows, but they're the worst. No one likes doing them. They're so shit. (laughs) Because it's like, (laughs) you're pushed in the corner and it's like, oh, can you guys like quieten down? People are trying to like eat dinner. Um,
3: Yeah. Internet
1: connection's unstable, but I think we'll be all right. But yeah, we were kind of just like, I know Breeze was doing a lot of booking uh, of shows and stuff just because we wanted to play as much as we could because it's like the only way you can get better.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Getting out there, getting up about it. So in those those early days, so I guess that first gig that you had booked, um, that where your sister dropped out. Um, from there, how many shows did you guys play till you started working on the first like couple fiber tracks, or were they already in the works? They were was-
3: because
0: I think the first single I saw was twenty seventeen. Yeah, it was much- on Spotify straight
2: away we went into the studio. Um, but then, like, once those songs were sort of out, that's when we did our, like, harder touring. So, like, the end of 2018 or 2019. Um, mm. Wanted to 2020, but we won't go there. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's where we did a lot, a lot more touring. Uh, um, Kind of because like, we hadn't done it in a while so like we really wanted to like get out on the road and actually you know do three four shows a week um and that was kind of the goal for 2018 was like okay we just want to play everywhere all over Australia like we don't care care where and it was that was actually so fun because you would stop in like towns like Cobram which isn't like Victoria (laughs) like at the top where you pass through now you south like West. yeah you go like through south australia through new south wales and then down to victoria like is that area and then yeah
1: yeah, yeah yeah so we
2: were like driving to sydney every like few months going across like the Lamaru highway and trying not to die <laughs> and, and then we'd like go down to tassie and we play in hobart and then the next day we'd go like 45 minutes down the coast to a place called franklin and and it was just some bar in the middle of nowhere and everyone in there was from another country like i i was like this is so funny i don't know here another australian everyone here had an accent i'm yeah. like this is so random but it was so fun and like yeah you you could look at it from like a business point you didn't make any money but like you didn't care because yeah. you were just like out on the road and there's not, like, a lot of bands in Australia that do that either. Like, we'll kind of just stick to the cities. But we were like, we just want to yeah. go everywhere. We don't even care. And
0: Well, I feel yeah. like that's a really old school perspective because that was, like, yeah. that's the thing that kind of died in, like, the mid-2000s. Because I remember I used to see, like, even with, like, hardcore bands and shit like that, just, like, small bands, they would do, like... 30 dates in Australia yeah. and now that that's kind of that's kind of like hit the brakes a bit now you only ever see like five or six dates for, for a tour in Australia if you're lucky like if you if, like half the time you know Adelaide and, and Perth just gets skipped entirely and yeah let's forget about Darwin so yeah. I know it's it's
2: it's kind of it,
0: it's a definitely an old school thing that that you kind of brought back Sorry,
2: done sparking.
0: that's okay that's okay
1: sorry One of Chip's (laughs) favourite bands, Chip is our dog, she's here. We're at the studio at the moment. One of her favourite people rocked up and she started barking. (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah, it's kind of like, I wish, I know like why Australian bands don't do it is because we have like such a massive country and so it's just easier to go to the cities because there's people there and there's not a lot of
3: like Mm.
2: on-the-way venues, so they're harder to find. So I totally understand Why bands don't, but that's what I always loved about like the metal industry or the little, the scene. Yeah. That's a book. That's the word I was looking for. Um, (laughs) Is they would go to like those regional towns and just pack out a gym. Like, and I always loved that because we would do that in our other projects. Like you just go to like a school and then play the Friday night and then it'd be packed because they had nothing to do. So we were like, well, we could just replicate that, but we'll play in bars, we'll play, like, wherever, we don't care. And that's what I, like, kind of wish more bands do here. Because, you know, you look at other places like Europe or America, it's like 30 dates is, like, you'll get laughed at. (laughs) Like, really? That's all? (laughs) Like, that's all you're doing? Whereas here, I remember when we dropped the poster for the tour and everyone would be like, whoa, look at those dates because they're expecting, like, five dates for, like, a A tour or three. So many
1: posters, I see, like, three shows, and it's like, hey, we're doing uh, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne.
2: And it's like, really? Because there's so many places in between that that you could do. And I don't know, maybe it's just they don't want to take the risk to do it or... Or whatever it is.
0: Take the time off. Yeah, or and it's whatever. just like,
2: well, don't be in a band then. Like don't <laughs> tour. Just put stuff up on SoundCloud and do that.
3: Hopefully yeah, that's like,
2: <laughs> You know, but yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And yeah, we did that a hundred percent ourselves as well. And then um twenty nineteen we we still had like that tour finishing probably around March. And then we were like, we wanna kind of go for more bigger venues and be like Supports. So, one of the main goals was we wanted to be a main support for like arena shows, and we got like a thousand nos and like the same thing. Oh, you might not fit. And be like, yeah, okay, didn't listen to anything, but that's cool. Like, <laughs> people- so are you
0: guys? Are you guys your own booking agents, or yeah. are you working with a booking agent? Yeah, no, we're no, we we no. just it's doing cool. ourselves.
2: Like, raises is the
1: booking agent.
2: You just have to ask. Like, most people, this they want to in the industry, at least from our own experience, is they don't really have time to do a lot because they either don't want to do any work <laughs> or so you just want to make it easy for them. So, you know, you just have to go out there and be like, hey, we'll play a show and we'll play a dirt cheap and we don't care, you know. So, mm. um, yeah, we, we finally got it yes and that's when we did the Catfish in the Bottom and Tour um, when they came to Australia and that was in July. And
0: that was your first major support. Yeah. That
2: was the second major support. Cause we did nothing but thieves a little bit earlier in
0: February,
2: um, yeah. in February. but that was like definitely the biggest, um, shows. Cause that was nothing but thieves was like 1500 to 2000. I actually think, I think in Adelaide it was, like, it was a
1: bit more. Adelaide. I think it was a thousand yeah, 1200. But then, then
2: catfish was like six, 7,000 people. Um, which like, that was so fun. So it's like, insane, yeah. So it was like, it was good to like, be able to do that in Australia. Cause you know, I think like not a lot of independent bands can like say that they did that and they funded it themselves and they like, you know, found it themselves and and we were just yeah, like absolutely. so glad we were already touring. <laughs> so oh, yeah. By the time that that opportunity came up, we were like, Oh my gosh, we're so glad like we've been actually playing consistently.
0: So, so that when you got to doing that, you had like you had the chops ready yeah. to go to play to a crowd like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I want to, but I want, I do want to go into that. But before we get there, I want to rewind a bit. I want to talk about uh, those first two singles you guys put out, uh, which are Take Me Out and Anywhere I Am. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere I am, yeah. So, those early singles um, I see are listed with Golden Robot Records. How'd you guys get onto that that deal, and what was that deal for you guys?
1: Yeah, so with that project, it was um, we went up to Sydney and uh, we were recording it with this like big producer kind of. Well, yeah, big producer, and it was uh, it was kind of like weird because it was the first time that we'd gone into a studio working with a producer like that, where it was like really thinking about the song's structure and like also pinpointing like what our sound is going to be because at that time with firebird we'd been jamming and rehearsing heaps but we'd only actually played like three shows um so we were kind of still exploring how much rock did we want to use and how much of this other influence did we want to use um so i think like for that moment in time we found like a a pretty good balance of it, um and yeah, it was it was a good experience of just like working with someone that
2: I was asking like it was like asking questions like yeah, do you want to kind of replicate sound a sound that's already been done, or do you sort of want to like dive deeper into what you can bring to the table? Yeah, and it was funny because like from that recording experience and then all the touring that we did. To, like, get to this moment, that kind of kick-started that because it kick-started this kind of, like, funny hatred for bass guitar, which meant, like, we don't want that sound, like that string bass sound, which I feel like when you do add into, like, a duo thing, it does very... It just puts you in a box. It does, like, put you in that box and kind of like,
0: and and by avoiding that, you kind of force yourself down this this path where you have this synthetic bass which opens up like an entire different avenue of sounds that you can explore. And then even trying to
2: blend like raw drums to that, like, particularly this recording that we're doing now, like that was a lot of fun because Mm. again, it was like, Mm. no, I don't want to. We don't want to replicate this sound. We want to try and like really blend these two worlds together. So it was like a lot of thinking which that recording process kind of kick started because we were asked those questions mm. which we would never even think about we'd be like oh we have yeah, demos place, yeah. we're going into the studio we'll just play it cuz we've been playing it live like mm. here's how you do it and you don't really think anything else
0: was that your guys first recording experience
2: no. no
1: it wasn't the first recording experience but it was the first one that was like that so it was really it was really exciting.
0: Before that, it was, like, a guy in the room being, like, yeah, I'll press record, you guys do whatever. Yeah. And well, this like was, like, someone we, actually taking an interest yeah. in you. Or, doing. like,
2: we would just record stuff ourselves, like, at home or whatever. Hmm. Um, but it was good to
1: have, like, sort of another person in the room who knew the direction that, it like, the songs needed to go and it knew how to, like, get sort of, like, the best performance out of you. Because when you like, when you're just kind of doing it on your own, you don't really, like... Um, I like. I know personally. Like, I would play something like really sloppy, and I'll just leave it there, and I'd be like, "Yeah, it's good enough because that take, whatever." Unless it's really bad, then you obviously do it <laughs> so it sounds good. But um, mm. yeah, it was cool to have someone there that would be like, "Uh, that guitar tone's not really working. Let's change it up and go a bit stranger." Or, um, this needs to be more synth heavy in this part, or whatever, and even stuff like, I don't know, like song structures and like, oh, this part kind of makes the song weak or work on the chorus a little bit more so it really takes it home. Um, And it was the first time we'd actually like had to think about that sort of stuff and I think we learnt a lot from that experience. It was like, it was one, it was like a lot of fun but it was just like uh, a whole other side of something that we probably would have explored eventually but it was like it's different when it's kind of like you have to do it because uh that person's there telling
0: you you're in the room sort of
1: like make it better um yeah you're kind of forced to do it in a way but it was good
0: yeah having having that that hands-on producer experience would, would have definitely been uh, an interesting first at least for you guys specifically with what you were trying to do as well. yeah um was there anything that particularly surprised you about the production, um, the, the difference in production between doing like when you were doing self-produced work and having the producer on board? Was there anything in particular that kind of really stuck out to you as being something that you weren't expecting?
1: Yeah, it actually sounded like really good. <laughs> 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 the final
3: not just like,
1: oh, wow. So this is like why you go and get your song mastered and this is why you kind of do use like those proper plugins and not just, like, the stock Pro Tools shit. Like, oh, so there is a huge difference Why you yeah. pay for studio time. And, and um, yeah, it's just, like, such a better quality. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> uh, just the other mm. quality.
0: Awesome. So moving on from, from this first recording experience, so you guys did those first couple singles uh, and then moving into, like, I guess the red and black era yeah. i, I want to say cuz that's when, when when this new like you know visual aesthetic kind of kicked in um what year was that 2018 yeah, yeah so that
1: song so that song was a part of the other two singles too we actually had recorded six in that project um and then mm. sort of like release stuff kind of got mucked around a bit and it was it was supposed to be an ep that came out um but it just kind of got changed a few times to just be singles. And it was like a bit, it
2: was we a bit annoying. Out, but we put out, put me in a dress because we had just done like a Thieve, all those Thieve shows and mm. that. So we were like, well, we need to put something out. Um, But yeah, the red and black era. I don't
3: um, know.
1: We just like those colours and like. Yeah,
2: we just like, I think, like doing all this as well, like in the background we were also defining like what Firebird actually is. So it was like. Yeah, it was us playing and stuff, but at the same time, it was like... Branding we were, now. Yeah, we were like building a brand, so we weren't even putting any sort of barriers on, well, what's like Firebird? You know, like what is it? Or what who's it actually like? attracted to it and kind of like allowing ourselves to let go like that. Um, yeah, we just really liked the colour red. I don't know why. We were just like this suit.
0: I mean, it's pretty on brand fire. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah I guess that's why Makes red read truck. There we go. Um, yeah. <laughs> but also it, I just think like it kind of, when you see it, it sort of like sets that mood of like, oh, this is aggressive. Okay. <laughs> this is what, mm. you know, you, you see a photo, you kind of go, okay, I can kind of get a little bit of the vibe of what they're, what's going on here. So, yeah, I think we also wanted to, oh, like, Early on, we were like, oh, we could change the colours every now and then. But then, like, as we started playing to more people, they were picking up, the, like, the red. So, we're like, well, we have to keep the red now. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, we'll just keep and it And then back colour. to the
1: way everyone does things is, like, when a band brings out a new album cycle, they just, like, change the colour.
2: So, we're like, we're not doing so that So, when we now. <laughs> saw that, we were
1: like, oh, we should just stick to red forever then. Yeah. So, we <laughs> Bre-
0: breaking Breaking the rules even further, yep. wherever you can, just... Find a rule, bro. Oh, yeah, it.
1: New album, new colour? Nah, we'll keep it. Nah, so this always, is not new a, a new era.
2: It's just the same era. Hmm.
0: <laughs> so are you guys doing all of your own visuals? Are you working with other artists to create all these aesthetics?
2: No, we, we do. Like, we do most of it. Yeah. Most of the stuff we do is all just from our brain to to the wherever what we're using
0: <laughs> <laughs> to, the, to, to the Photoshop yeah, just, yeah. yeah to like, the paint net. We
2: venture out like when we're working on this recent recording, we've, we're using one of our friends because he's just like such a nerd when it comes to sound. And we needed someone with that um, kind of brain to be able to translate what we're trying to get across mm. just cause they're, they have more or well, he has more of a idea of like how it works. So just through conversation, he'll be like, Oh yeah, I can kind of know exactly what you're trying to do. And he just like picks up plugins and moves a few things around and we go, Yeah, that. (laughs) Yeah, that's what yeah, that's what we meant. Um and then yeah, for like we have a music video coming out and the guy that we used, he's done a few of our like live stuff and he just like gets the movement. So we kind of venture out where we need it, because I think that's important because like, we're skilled in making music and playing music and other people and other creatives are skilled in, like, the area that they're in, like, photography or yeah. music, uh, like, mixing or mastering or whatever. Or even,
1: like, to fashion and to yeah, all that to other stuff too.
2: So we were like, well, we need to find, like, people like us in those areas because, you know, we can't do everything. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, yeah.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. It makes sense to get, get a team yeah. A team that works for yeah. you. That's awesome. So uh, moving on from, you know, the, those early days into like the red and black era, there was, I feel like there was like a bit of a sound shift. Like it sounded like you guys kind of, because from Put Me In Address to, you know, the latest EP, um, I feel like tonally, it's pretty much not the same, but like it's it's definitely in the same lane. Yep. Is, would you call that that moment in time, like where you guys kind of found like what your sound was going to be, at least for the next little while?
2: I don't know. Like, I'd say like, we've kind of arrived at where we wanted to be. Um, like we've always felt that, like even with those previous recordings, just, it didn't feel like Firebird. It sort of felt like the start of something. And like, we got asked those questions, which then led to thinking and overthinking and hating bass guitar and like all these like sort of things um, elements are moving and then when we were like well we can't tour anywhere we can't do anything but we can create music so it was just kind of like well let's sort of now we have the time we we can just delve into these areas that we've always wanted to explore a little more whereas like well Hmm. if we are never going to use a bass guitar like well what can we use and what are actually the elements that make Firebird, Firebird, well, drums, vocals, songs. Is it really guitar? No, he just wears a guitar. Like, it's kind of just like white noise at this point. Yeah, that's so guitar like guitar
1: tone. It's just like, it's, so that, it's, that, it's that now. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's just, it's just like early days of Jet where it's like. <laughs> like and, yeah, it was just kind of like, well, how can we mold? And the funny thing is, is like we're still refining that and, like, that's what's cool about music is, from there you ask other questions and then that, you know, you go explore that. So because we had the time to, we were like, well, let's really like deep dive into this. And yeah, I think like it, it isn't too dissimilar because if we were to play like all those songs in the same set, people would be like, oh yeah, that's fibered. But I feel like if we were to, These were like our first recordings ever coming out. I don't think it would be like any different if that makes sense. It kind of feels like, oh, yeah, Mm.
3: it's
2: it's kind of feels like everything sort of came to a point where now we're all on the same page, and it's just like, yeah, other it kind of like took time to get there. I would say, like, a lot of playing live, I think, really helps with that
0: Mm. because
2: even in sets, even though, like, yeah, we're playing to a click or whatever, but. It'd always be different every night. Like we play it that little bit different on, and you kind of come more together on the songs as well. And mm. so, yeah, I don't know if I'm making any sense anymore, but yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, that was good. That was good. That was good. I um, I want to talk about. So you've you've done you know all these great singles. You get to put me in a dress, and I feel like that was like. You know, you said you'd done that or you'd put that out just, like, in in connection with the Nothing But Thieves tour. Those early, I guess, support tours, um, was the Nothing But Thieves one the first, like, large support tour that you'd done? Yeah, yeah, that
1: was the first one. It was, it was
0: pretty. So, tell me about that experience. Um, What was... You know, so being like the first like pretty pretty big do- tour that you've been on, how did it compare to you know the regional stuff that you'd done before, uh, and and what massive lessons do you reckon came from that?
3: Hmm.
1: Definitely, you notice like the energy that's in the room is like phenomenal, and it's a and it was like it felt really nice because you know you walk out. And these people don't know who the fuck we are. Um <laughs> no. at all. But you do said
0: everything to prove, nothing to lose. It's
1: like but yeah. it's almost like it's it kind of felt like we there is like you do have to prove yourself because these people might be like whatever judging you standing there like this. Cause you're used to like on those on that other tour you you're used to being able to see everybody. So you can see everyone folding their arms and you can see everyone just like on their phone with the beer in the other hand. And then when you walk out into a room where you can hear a lot of people, but you can't see them. Um, and they're actually like, like
2: wanting to listen to you play. It's so
1: exciting. And I was, yeah, I was just going to say, it <laughs> was like relieving because you walk out and you hear people making noise and you're like, oh, okay, this is like a bit weird. I'm not used to hearing anybody. And then you ask a question, like you're just doing that stupid stage banner shit, like, hey, is anybody out there? And then you actually hear a response. <laughs> I nearly shat myself because I was, like, shocked and, like, amazed. I was like, whoa, I've never. And then, you know, you do something, you, like, lift your hand and people make noise. They know what to do. So it was, like, really cool yeah, so to like play just, on a stage yeah. in a room where the people watching you, although they didn't know who you were, they were still like, yeah, we're all in for this and we know what to do. Don't worry about it. Like, if you lift your hand, we're going to be screaming. If yeah. you sing a little bit longer than five seconds, we're all in for this. Like, you got a chick drummer, she's standing up on her drums. What the fuck? Woo! Um, it's just like, it was really fun experience, but at the same time, like, learning about the sort of, um, like, how. It's
2: a whole different, like, ball game. Yeah. Because that's.
0: Like, the logistics side, yeah, I'm and guessing, everyone, is what you're talking about.
2: Everyone who, like, works there even the band that's playing like nothing but thieves had done 220 shows that year. So, and we'd done like 40 We're up to like our 45th show. So it's like Mm. the difference in, I guess, professionalism. It was kind of nice to be in that environment where everyone there was like so much better than you. And so like, you could just soak it all in, take it all in. Mm. And, you know, everyone's like super nice they're not like walking around being like we're the best like stuff like that which even just makes it better um but yeah you just you know when you're talking with these people like the crew and everything like everything is you have to be here at this time and here's your sound check and here's where you get to stand and here's where you can put your gear and it's never like all the other shows were like hey where can we put our gear i don't know (laughs)
1: like
2: like what what hey, time when, when sound, sound checked,
1: they'll be like, wait, what? No, you just get line check a, a minute before you, you play. Know,
2: even like explaining our gear. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And, you know, their um, tour manager. They get it. They hey, get it. yeah. The tour manager was like, when you guys get back, I want to call you because I want to give you tips. And we're like, what? No one wants to call us to give us tips. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he was just like, here's what you should add to your show. Like, you should have like a walkout song because, you know, People, like, that was the one thing that kind of, like, elaborating on, you were saying, like, how people would respond. People would respond to the point where they saw you all, they would stop talking. Like, the whole room would just mm. go silent because they're like, oh, people are on stage, the show's starting. So yeah, was, he was, yeah. like, saying it's a bit awkward, so make sure, you, you know, you have some noise to fill in that. And it's just stuff that, you know, we've been to, like, Tons of shows like that before, but to actually play it, like you don't actually think of these things. Mm. And so, you're like, yeah. so did you
0: guys, uh, did you guys kind of like go in with a bit of a plan to play in these shows? Like, obviously, you got to kind of choreograph some kind of some show beforehand. Was that something you guys had already prepared? And then, you know, talking to the tour managers, like, oh shit, we forgot all these things, or did you guys just go in blind?
2: Um, no, mm. we, had, we had our set like that we would play on tour. Um, mm. But it was just like, yeah, those little things. Like we never expect a room of a thousand people to shut up and watch you get your gear ready. <laughs> like, yeah, like you know, they were so weird. So we would, he would say things like, you know, if you had some, you know, music playing, like then people can kind of, like you sort of drown out that. So, like it's not completely, dead, yeah, silent, but you, you felt like people are all talking and then enough of them stop because <laughs> they see, oh, there's yeah. movement on stage and some people would cheer and you're like, you don't even know who, you don't even know Stop, don't cheer yet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like don't do it. <laughs> like, we could suck. But, yeah, so, well, you know, once the show starts, like, that's kind of the vibe mm. that we always had no matter what stage we're on and however many yeah. people are in front of us. It's like we're like a dog peeing. Like this is, is our territory.
3: territory. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like we <we're> kind of like <laughs> <our territory. laughs> we're like a little puppy peeing on the puppet. Like this is our zone now. Like or off stage, like total respect for everyone there. Like we're the new kids in school, like we'll do whatever we're told. Mm. We'll stand where we need to stand and yeah. whatever. Mm. But like when it's our set time, it's like, nah, this is our time. And this is ours. Yeah. Like thanks for the stage and the setup, but this is ours now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
0: No, it's cool. You guys had the confidence to make that delineation as well, because it could have been very easy just to be like, you know, timid little school kids about it and just like be like, oh, can, can we can we play our guitars yet, yeah. or like can can I can I can I set my stuff up? But like you guys had the confidence to go in and just get the job done. So that's that's really cool. Um, did what kind of crew did you guys have? Did you have any crew, or were you just kind of you know like working with what uh, the bottlefish crew had already kind of brought along?
1: Um, so we have. One guy that comes with us, our buddy Max, he's like my guitar tech and he like films, like if anyone had ever seen us on any of those shows, that we'd like um, live stream on Instagram and he'd be there with his phone like doing that and then like fixing my guitar stuff when it's going wrong. And then
2: holding a guitar.
1: Holding a guitar. He was really, he got really good at it. He was all, he he would do all the driving for us too, which was like for that Catfish tour, having someone else to drive instead of Breeze driving the whole way was like awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we have like one guy that comes with us, but um, the Catfish crew, the crew they had for those shows, they were really nice. Like they, I don't know if they made room for us in the truck, but they were like, oh yeah, you know, for like this Sydney, Newcastle, Melbourne show, just like chuck your, chuck your gear in the truck so you don't have to like have it in your car. And that was, like, a freaking blessing because if <laughs> they didn't do that, I would have been cramped in the back seat of a Rav floor the whole way from Sydney to Melbourne. Like, <laughs> it would
3: have
0: been... Yes, the location is, like, I've got to, like, jump around on stage where my shoulders are, like, yeah. all crunched yeah, together. Like, I would have <laughs>
1: just been sitting, like, crouched up like this with no room for anything. I wouldn't have room to breathe. So when they asked if that, like, we wanted to do that, we were just, like, oh, my gosh, yes, please. That's, like, amazing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and they would even, like... Yeah, move it around for us. Like they would roadie for us. Like they're just there to work. Like yeah, it's so like they don't even care. They're like we don't care if you're this poor band. We'll help you. You know, take your stuff off and all that.
3: Yeah, Which that was, was like, really
2: yeah. nice.
1: And even like, um, yeah, I remember that that show was just like when we did. So it was Sydney was the first show for that tour, and. We did sound check, and it was like the most incredible sound check that we've ever done. (laughs) We were raving about it for ages. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Like the engineers that were there were like, "Oh, so like, um, what do you guys want in your monitors and whatever?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know," because we're used to not. I'm used to playing on a stage that. I hear drum cymbals and that's it. Like, (laughs) I can't hear myself. I can't hear my guitar. I can't hear our tracks. I'm just going off, like, muscle memory, basically. So it was so weird to doing, like, this sound check. She's like, do you have enough vocal in your monitor? Like, put your hand up and then when it's enough, just put it down. So I just, like, put it down straight away. And then we run through a song. I'm like, wow, like, I need more vocal. And she's like, yep, no worries. I thought you might because she'd, like, walk up on the stage and walk around and listen. Someone that cares about their job. It was incredible. <laughs> like, cause you used to having sound guys that are just like,
0: Oh, it's like, <laughs> it's like the other bartender. That's like a little half cut. And he's like, Oh no, I'll do this. Yeah, and tonight. he'd say
1: things. They'd say things like, Oh, the one is bleeding a bit. I'm going to have to turn them down. Cause you can like, they're pretty loud up there. And I'm like, well, you got acoustic drums on this stage, man. Like, of course you're not going to hear shit besides that. So yeah, it was really like, really amazing like it was another thing that shocked us i think well, maybe more so me than you i think no it shocked me too i was like
2: what they're actually talking to us yeah (laughs) they want us
1: it's like it was just weird to have (laughs) a person there that was like they wanted you to be comfortable because then you if you weren't comfortable it would wreck your show in that way where you wouldn't you know you wouldn't be able to play to your best ability so it was just like it was really nice to like have that
2: Yeah, Um, that's probably, like, that's probably what I like the most about those shows. Even though, like, yeah, playing in front of, like, big crowds and people are responding and doing all the things that, like, you want people to be doing. Because, you know, you're there to have fun. So, of course, you want people to clap Mm. along and that. But that was probably what I loved the most was, like, everyone that works there is, like, I'm on the clock, like, doing my job. And if Mm. I don't do my job well, they'll just find someone else. So, it's it was kind of like a nice environment
0: surrounded by the cream of the crop so to speak yeah, yeah it's a nice sure.
2: environment to be in cuz it feels like that should be the environment anyway <laughs> cuz it's like you know yeah but yeah
0: no absolutely so so in between uh this tour and the next like major tour that you did um what what was going on in your guys camp what what were you doing
2: kind of we kind of Finished catfish tour, and then that. Then we had like a few shows at the tail end of 2019, um, which was just like a couple Adelaide ones.
1: Oh, we had, and then we did gyroscope, yeah, we did gyroscope, they were sick as well. What? That
2: was, yeah, they were fun shows. Um, we did Adelaide and Perth, and then after that, it was like Christmas time, so we had sort of because we'd been on the road for like, like nearly a year. Um, we were ready to start demoing and writing and then coronavirus hit. So like no one could no one could tour anyway. So we were kind of like we had plans to like do more of those big supports and like kind of cherry pick those, but it was kind of like kind of worked out okay because you know, we had
0: gave you that downtime yeah, to like, make some more music. music yeah, yeah,
2: to do that, have that downtime and focus on one thing. Um which was, you mm. know, exploring these elements that we were kind of playing in our, in our sets and, like, thinking about. But, yeah, because it was the only thing we could focus on, we are like, we're not doing shows this year. Like, we were fine with it. Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, we did have, like, some people ask us and that and we would just say no, like, because it was just, like, you don't know anything. So we don't yeah. really want to plan it all and then tell people, uh, you know, you can't because they've put on restrictions or whatever. So we we're like, yeah. we just want to save ourselves the time and
0: and the mental strain yeah. of going ahead and spending all that time. You would do booking just for no real reward at the end,
2: exactly. Yeah. Just like put your energy into something else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that okay. was, that was pretty much pretty much what, what we were doing. We just started writing and demoing and.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was like Yeah. That's then so then working on this like new project that we just released the first part of it um in October. So while we were working on that forced into doing solely that project, it was like um more exploration outside of just like the sound of it. It was exploring like, oh, so there's like kind of a theme happening in these songs. So maybe we should do like a concept album kind of thing Um, which was like really fun to explore as well because that is like a really cool way to set the mood for like all of your content as well, like visually, like with your fashion. It was like concept albums are actually like the coolest thing I think for a band if you want to be like really creative because one thing we notice when People were like releasing stuff through COVID. It was weird because you usually like put the song out and then to promote it, you're going on tour. But obviously, you're in a position where you can't do that. So, what do you do? Just like put the song up and then let it drift away on Spotify. Yeah. (laughs) After a week, the hype dies down and no one's got anything to look forward to. So, it was kind of like we noticed that a few times in like releases earlier in the year from other. People and artists, and it was like, oh man, like you don't want you don't want to do that. Like yeah, you want to like, well, make it an work, opportunity
2: wow. to now change the way that we release stuff. Mm. Like not be so reliant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not
2: so reliant <clears throat> on this way that we just naturally do. You know, get in the studio, yeah, release a single, release a clip, and then hype up an EP or hype up an album, and then hype up your tour. It's like, well the world's kind of different now, like. You
0: know, yeah, the, the tour is not the, the, like, the final step on on the road to promotion. It's it's not there anymore. So where, where do you, like, what do you replace that with? Yeah. And you've found, like, a way to do that, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, well, we were, like, kind of on Netflix. And I remember I kind of have, like, a rule, like, if I'm, looking through things for longer than a minute, I'm like, turn it off. Cause I'm like, I'm going to sit here for an hour trying to choose something. But like you rarely do that because you just, you kind of like looking through and then you'll come to a picture. you like, Oh, this looks interesting. You don't know. You don't know anything about the show. You don't know any of the actors in it. You don't know anything about it. And it's just a picture. It looks cool. And then you might, you read like a little bit of the synopsis of the show And you go, yeah, I'll just give this a go. And then five hours later, you've binged four seasons. (laughs) And I remember just like going, I don't even do this with music. Like I don't sit down and just go through hundreds and hundreds of different artists and then binge their songs. I'm like, why is that? Like, why is it I could do that with a show where I know nothing about, but I couldn't do that with music. And I think What it is, is because we don't tell stories in music anymore. We just hype. And that's all we have to offer is hype. Do we look cool? Yeah. But that's easy to look cool. But can we actually tell a story that's interesting? And can we actually tell a story that's meaningful? Because also through COVID is, there's a lot of distress. (laughs) And it was kind of felt like a disservice as a creative and as creatives to not scribe what is happening right now and what's kind of been happening in our culture for a while, but it kind of felt like this was the tipping point. And mm. like um, he kind of put it a really cool way. He's like, it's almost like we're just seeing toxicity magnified. It's all these like things that have been really toxic, that we've been able to hide behind you know, we're going to uni, we're going to a job, we're going out, we're doing this, we're doing that. Now it's all stopped. And we're just kind of sitting there like,
0: "Um, you have to address it. Yeah, Mm.
2: And it's full on. And now with social media, it's even more wrapped up, you know? And so we were like, well, as we were listening through all our demos, we were picking up on these themes of like, kind of things that, you know, we're going through personally, but also comparing it to what was happening around the world. We were like, oh my gosh, like we can't not do this. It would just be like seem silly to put out a song like WAP, <laughs> you know, like it's just like it just seemed like that's not what a creative is meant to do. You're meant to see what's happening, scribe it, and then also how do we put it out? How do we actually be creative? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. Do it in a meaningful way.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can have fun, but it's like kind of not the time to be having fun and being silly and just being like, oh, this very Australian, like, oh, no worries. It's Like, no, it's time to worry and think about life and what is the world you want to live in. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're I can't talk right <laughs> now. <laughs> we're at a, um, we're at a critical point in, I guess. Like, you know, when you look at the climate and, you know, you look at, you know, this pandemic could have been so much worse had the virus had different symptoms. You know, you look at, uh, you know, the economy of the world, how there's countries where there are people that can't afford to, like, you know, wear clothes and how the virus is affecting those places. And, you know, you've got the conflict in Armenia. There's so much going on. And it's like, 100% I agree with what you're saying. It's that these are things that, that need to be reflected on and, like, through art is is the best way you know historically that it's been done, and it's like now is now is the time to do it. Which I think you guys have done a relatively good job of on the uh, the EP. I've only given it a few listens, so I haven't like really de- uh, delved deep into it. But the way that you've presented it in particular uh, is super impressive. So you know you have all these these really engaging visuals. You have you know the, just the way that you've presented it. People have to consume it in a way that is conducive to the story that you're trying to tell. You know, through the website. Um, you know, you've just got that that one you know 17 minute long visualizer. I'd say for the EP. Yeah. Uh Because when I first saw it, I was like, Did these guys put out like a 17 minute song? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are tall.
0: <laughs> We're tall. <tooled. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't, I feel like it's 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 a super I you know. Uh, a creative way to do it. So the, the, so this idea, I'm guessing, came from what you were saying, how you were watching Netflix and you're like, how can I binge like four seasons of a show? Like how can I replicate that kind of yeah. idea with music? Is that kind of the the, the thought yeah, it was train? just
2: like looking at that principle of like, how can we sit here for six hours? Or even like there's movies where they're like three hours long and people are so invested, like the whole like Marvel thing. Like, I don't Mm. understand it, but, like, it's just people go crazy for these things and we don't do that in music. We're so, like, segregated. Like, I will never listen to pop and, like, yeah, you know, even like
0: it's, it's like, please, sir, can I? Can you listen to my three-minute track, please? <laughs> Meanwhile, movies are long, like,
1: guys, we're going. Our songs are all two minutes thirty now because uh, we need more time for ads on the radio.
2: <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, you were mentioning Machine Gun Kelly before, and like, some people don't even know he was a rapper. Though, like, <laughs> so it was, it's just like this kind of like weird thing of like, I only listen to what I know, but. With movies and shows, and like we'll just go from comedy to drama to thriller to, and then they'll mold and rom coms hmm. or like like parody stuff with like yeah, it's those like screen stuff.
1: Like, oh, like those yeah, yeah parodies of like all horror movies. Yeah, stuff. and yeah. and
2: like you know you could watch that for ages, and then like people talk about it so much. Like we remember The Walking Dead. Like people would not shut up about The Walking Dead, and then they would not shut up about. Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and And so we were like it's all about the story, like that's how we communicate. And we're in such an important time right now where we need to tell these stories because in a hundred years time or two hundred years' time, people are gonna listen back and we're gonna be part of history. And what are they gonna be hearing? Like Justin Bieber holy, like oh they must be so happy, <laughs> like and had a great marriage I'm like no 2020
1: must have been an awesome time it'd be it'd be very confusing if you were reading about the events of 2020 of this pandemic and of like all of this like <laughs> all wow. of this cultural sort of like um fighting and yeah if imagine an artist never wrote a song about it or no one did anything really about it and then They'll be like, oh yeah, the number one song the whole year was called Wet Ass Pussy. <laughs> like, that just doesn't make sense. People seem to It doesn't add up. Not no. make
0: I mean, well. <laughs> pe- people have been talking about 2020 as being like you know, this generation's world war, you know, it's like there's, you know, financial depression, there's, you know, a uh, massive adversary that, that, you know, the world's trying to like, you know, face up against yeah. there. So you've got all these ingredients to make it feel like that. And if you look back to the art that comes out in any of those periods, sure, you know, there's going to be a couple of, you know, bops here and there, but for the most part, it's pretty depressing stuff. Oh, yeah. It's pretty expository stuff. And I, yeah, I, I definitely see where you from. That 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 hasn't been mirrored. <laughs> At, <laughs> At least like in, in in this world of music. I
2: mean, it's yeah, and I think maybe that's because we rely too much on like mainstream to give us culture where it's like it's fake culture. They don't speak to anyone but themselves mm. <laughs> in like mainstream. And like, you know, no one can kind of like talk like that because you come across as like, oh, you're just jealous of their success. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like we can say whatever we want and we can do whatever we want. Like they just have to. Mm. appeal to you know this fake facade of like this is what people are wanting and you kind of see what people are going through and then you hear what people are wanting and you're just sort of like nah, these are two different <laughs> they got like split personalities
0: <laughs> mm. yeah yeah absolutely um so I, I want to touch on, on uh, a couple more things before we wrap up today. Uh, I want to talk about the recording process for, for this latest EP. So uh, from what I've read, you went to Steve Valby. is that correct, to produce this so, one?
1: No, nah, those ones were um, those like other singles that we dropped earlier in like 2017 and 18, like, well, yeah, 18 and 19. Um,
0: so how do you go about producing this one then? Who did you work with?
1: Um, we... Did a lot of it just in our garage, um, just like doing a lot of demoing and just like working out stuff. Um, It was kind of like we just come off doing this recording and doing these like shows where it was like super professional, and then we kind of went back to the beginning of our careers, like musical careers, where we were just like, all right, so like got these song ideas, let's just like put them down, and it just felt like I was. You know, we were, like, 11 and yeah. 14 again, just, like, oh, we have this song idea and then just, like, jamming it out. Um, but we can, like, at least we're, like, better players now. But, um, yeah, it felt really cool because I, I don't know if, like, any, not a lot of other, like, singers are like this, but it's, like, and musicians, it's, like, so intimidating to record your stuff in a studio, especially, like, in a big studio where there's, like, um, there's, like, gear on the table. It's not just, like, an iMac with an interface, you know. That's what I'm used to is just, like, uh, let's, like, chuck shit in GarageBand. But, um, yeah, when you, like, walk into a studio, it's so intimidating. So it was really, I think, beneficial to be exploring these ideas of sound and theme um, and be in, like, a comfortable area. Like Yeah they're just All like a like, i'm um, yeah. working with like piece of shit equipment
2: and that's pretty much the majority of the song minus the drums is is like the demos yeah um the only thing we went into the studio to re-record was just the live drums because it's just that's easier it's to do yes, yeah it's yes. just better um and um hmm. yeah where we are now is yeah where it's getting mixed the next oh, yeah, we have over. some more
1: sessions getting mixed in the next studio over with um, um, our new friend Alex. He's yeah. like, so he did like a little engineering on these songs and he's just like, we were talking about him before, he's just got such a smart, yeah, nerdy brain. Smart. And he like, see, I'm, I'm sure he just like sees sound. Like we were working on, um, uh, working on the drum sound on, on like those that EP and I remember he put on this plug-in on the kick drum and it made it sound like a dance kick, right?
2: Just like, like a real shitty one. Always. Really, like
1: if you plug in like a crap keyboard and you got this dance kick, and it's like what you're thinking of is exactly how that sounded. And we were just like, "Holy we shit, love that this. sounds so cool!" I'm like, "You
2: fucked up my drum. I like this." <laughs>
1: and then we were trying
3: to
2: like, remind
1: him like what that plugin was in this session. We're like, "Oh, you had this thing, and it was like it was like a red plugin, and it had like a great we can't remember anything." And we we explain things exactly how and he goes like this he's like I have no idea what that is and then he goes no wait I do know and he just like this is it he's finding these plugins and we put it on the snare or the kick or whatever and we were just like oh my gosh that just sounds so cool like that's gotta be the drum sound and then he sits there for 20 minutes and we we're like let's like let, let's work on this and he's like hang on I have to figure out why it's making it sound so good because <laughs> i don't understand just by looking at it. So he's just got, it was cool to work with someone. Just that's like just reading got, the
2: manual for it.
1: <laughs> he's just got like such a different kind of creative mindset and brain, the way he works. And it's just, it was so cool. Like to see him think he's like, i got to know why, because otherwise it's just like, I don't get it and I want to get it. And it was really sick. Cause and
2: then I was there like, don't, you don't need to get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. If it was us, like even some of the sessions, there's just some like, tracks it's just like just weird noise and I don't even know what it is most of the time and I've got to pretend to know oh yeah that's like I was like trying to get this kind of vibe <laughs> um but he is like a really cool engineer and producer to just like hear a sound and be like I know exactly the vibe you're going with this and where to place it and yeah. let's put it here and let's use like a better plug-in that's gonna make it sound way cooler um he was yeah what we talked about when we were um, right before we were mixing everything was um, we needed his like EDM and low end brain because that was something we really wanted to work on and just get right. Cause you know, we're not using bass guitar this time, which is exactly mm-hmm. where you would want to slot that stuff, but no, we want to like, you know, use these other, Kind of like MIDI and electronic. And a lot of a
2: lot of drums are low end as well. That's yeah, why that's I always, another thing. That's another reason I hate bass guitar. Is like it's competing where the drums are.
0: I know, but this is my shit. Get like, out of here. This is
2: no, this is my frequency. He he's not on the stage.
1: He's not in our band. Why are we going to put him in yep. where the kick drum should really be shining? I'll so
2: just it's just like pattern. Even yeah. yeah, even like kind of yeah, overthinking i just like say we're overthinking because we do like the amount of conversations we had with Alex, like hours and hours and hours. Um, real boring. <laughs> you hear it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's the artistic method. Yeah. Like you will put an ungodly amount of time into, like I was watching this thing. It was a dude who had produced like a uh, Ariana Grande song. No. Or was it Demi Lovato? I think it was Demi Lovato song. Anyway, spent like hours and hours creating like this, this vocal harmony thing, which was essentially just like a chord progression. He took the keys on the piano that he had for the chord progression and he just had Demi singing them and and he laid it and put all this massive effects chain on it. And the detail is so small, like, you can't even hear it in the mix unless you're, like, really listening out for it. But it's, like, one of those things where um, the it's the intention and and, like, that... Like, having that moment of just being like, this is how this needs to be. And just, like, even though it's so so significant, insignificant, I should say, um, having that time and putting that effort into it because it creates a vibe on the song. So, if you didn't have that part in there, it wouldn't have the same feeling or emotion. And I feel like that's something that, like... Artists always like kick themselves. They're like, oh yeah, I shouldn't have spent like fucking six hours mm-hmm. like making this kick sound like slightly different because like in the actual mix you can't tell the difference yeah. between kick A and kick B. But it's like it, it's it's not something that you hear. It's something that you feel.
1: Hundred percent. And in saying that. When I was approaching guitar tones, I did the exact opposite. Where I was just like, I plugged it into my pedal, and I was like, "What it sounds like is what it sounds like." you
2: <laughs> used a real shit guitar tone, and you? I
1: used a real shit piece of crap that I got on shit Facebook. Piece of crap. Yeah, because <laughs> I just got to explain how bad it is. Like <laughs> I hate. That. I bought it for thirty bucks on Marketplace from someone who'd like done his own extra work on it, but I don't know if he knew what he was doing because my mate, like fix them up for me because, like, I would just buy crap guitars so we could break them on stage and stuff. So, you know, when I noticed we were starting to get rough and I'm, like, using my dad's kids and all that he cares about a lot, and he's like, I'm like, oh, look, I can't throw bitch. this around, so I'll go and buy some stuff.
2: <laughs> I mean, you could. I could <laughs> throw it around,
1: but it's like, that's dad's guitar. <laughs> and he's like, you can use it because you're playing it and I'm not, but don't throw it around. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, I wouldn't. But I still want to throw stuff around, so I'm just going to go and buy cheap stuff off marketplace. And yeah, those were the guitars that I ended up using on these songs because
2: You actually worked like, out the sound was so good. The sound is perfect.
0: For,
1: <laughs> so
2: now we don't. It's even
1: perfect talk. for the style.
2: Yeah, so now he doesn't even.
0: going for that trash can? Yeah. It,
2: any guitar is like fifty dollars. Like that's the sound. The fifty dollars. Yeah, that the was Facebook my limit. I was guitar. like,
1: I was like, don't spend more than a hundred bucks on these guitars. Like. So, you you know, find it for like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Yeah.
2: Like when we decided, yeah, we're going to actually add breaking instruments more in our set. Um, So he went out and bought like a $50 guitar and then we're in the rehearsal space and he's like, I'm just going to plug it in just to see what it sounds like. And we, he started playing. We both just like looked at each other. Like, are you kidding me? It sounds awesome. And then that's all he uses now. And we were a bit like bummed out because we're like, oh man, like I've spent a lot of money on guitars. (laughs) And
0: yeah, you know, well now now you can sell those guitars you spent a lot of maybe. money on, I do really and like you them. can pick up thirty more guitars.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. you know what? I I've, I've actually broken one of his really good guitars. Yeah, in Bendigo.
0: Whoops, that was a bad
2: one. I still I <laughs> get affected. I picture. picked it up and threw it, and it broke. So I always like have that over him. Like you break your fifty dollars guitars, I broke your eight hundred dollar one. Yeah, but.
0: Yeah, don't feel bad. It's fine. <laughs> it's
2: fixable.
1: It's, it's fixable. I just gotta like I don't know fix the fretboard. Like I'm just saying, off.
2: like who's kind of like got more guns? You. I. Uh, <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: true. No.
0: I during during a show in I think it was in Bendigo as well. Actually, I was um I, I think it's at that little venue uh the Boogeyman Bar or something like that. It's like an upstairs bar venue. Have you guys played that? Uh, one? Music Man. Yeah,
2: Music Man.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, one. That's the one we that were, was
1: the show. That was the place that we.
0: Did that, yeah. That's that's funny, crazy. Yeah, I uh, I used, I used to do a thing where I'd, like, scorpion kick, so I'd, like, kick my leg, leg back as far as I could. What? And one day I did it, and I kicked my guitarist's headstock. I fucking split the headstock. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is so yeah, bad. Yeah. Was he mad?
0: Dude, he he actually didn't care that much because he thought it was pretty sick. It was the last song of the set, but the guitar yeah. just, like, dropped, like, three steps instantly. <laughs>
2: Oh that's amazing. Oh, yeah, that's so, so good. good. Yeah, music was such a scary place. Like, yeah, that was a fun show though. Because then after us was like this, like rock band. Like you know these bands, they're the rock bands because they've got the hair yeah. and the beards, and they play like and they, they got, sound like Led Zeppelin. They got all the
1: amps, you know. So we had
2: like saying? broken shit, which is like I don't know what's more rock and roll, like you breaking your instruments. And um, in their set, the bass—it was the fucking bass player. Here play we man. go. here yeah, it all makes sense. Add to the <laughs> list. Add to the list. He went to throw his bass, and we got so excited. We're at the back eating pasta. Like, <laughs> yo, he's gonna throw his bass, and he did that like fake like twist, he and dumbied. we were like,
1: he caught Boo. it. we like, he caught wooing. it the last second, not brilliant, but like,
2: <laughs> we were like, but yeah, I don't know. That part just reminded me of, like the Muppets, like the old men. That's what we were like, just at the back eating pasta. We're like. Boo. <laughs> Break your bass guitar, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do it or don't do it.
1: Like, that's fine not to do it. But Commit. But if you're going to put on a show, just do it for real. Like,
3: that's get
2: another fine. one. Just Go get it.
1: another one. Get another one. No one's listening to that instrument anyway, so you don't have to spend much time
0: <laughs> <on that>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Like, okay, so. <laughs> I want to touch on one last thing um, before we, we, we get going. Um, I want to talk about what's coming. So, we've talked about, you know, your past. We've talked about what you've just put out, this uh, No Idols fame EP. Now, based on what you're saying, it seems like this is part one of a few. What, what's coming? What have we got cooking? What's ready in the, in the oven, so to speak?
2: Yeah. So, we're working on the next bunch. So, we don't want to give like too much away, but there's more parts. Um, Basically, like every EP sort of represents an idol. So we kind of call them idols um, because they're just things that we've observed that like culture kind of worships. So, like, we have fame. Um, the next one is an interesting one. Um, I don't like, we don't want nah, to say, say <laughs> which one. But yeah, there's kind of like, yeah, the no idols is sort of, I guess you could say, the, the overarching topic
0: theme and of this yeah, sense,
2: yeah. yeah. Then, so yeah, every ep is sort of like deep diving a into one, a yeah. different one but yeah it's it's kind of fun because we already have them all recorded so they're just um mixing as we go but yeah 20 next year there will be like a lot more um yeah we kind of wanted to have at least 10 out this year but it just didn't work out so next year there's going to be like a whole lot. I think
1: the rest of it will come
0: out yeah, next the rest, year. The
2: rest of it will come out next year. Yeah.
0: And
2: yeah, And it's also if like. I, if I were
0: to do my detective work properly, I, I would say that based on the, uh, the visualizer, we can expect four parts, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of hints in all yeah, of the Yeah, there's content. so You know what? It's <laughs> like all you. in there. If, if, you, if you like read all the lyrics, you'll probably figure out.
2: Yeah. Out of
1: this bunch and the next bunch, you'll probably figure out all the names of, Uh, tracks even like because we actually
2: suck at keeping secrets and we kept this a secret for a whole year until like the night before no two nights before we dropped a trailer saying oh we have music coming out and then we did the like premiere on youtube and we were like oh my gosh we held that as a secret but not so much a secret because if you actually look through like all the artwork and yeah lyrics even if
1: you watch like we have um we were doing like a podcast just like pretty much just for the fans, um, or Brat Chat. And like, I was teasing our uh brats because like we have a messenger group where we just like talking to each other every day. And I was teasing them after it came out because I was like, dude, in Brat Chat, guys, we were dropping hints. We, we <laughs> put like we, we had we put a so many hints. We like put the album name on a lamp and we like had that showing for like three seconds. We would like talk the um the song that we put in the friggin' podcast, like is a song that we haven't even put out yet. Like <laughs> yeah, that's right. no one, but no, it's, it's so funny that like no one kind of cares, but then yeah, if you do watch the visual experience looking for clues, you'll find, you'll find like sort of teasers, I guess. or like mm. Easter eggs of like the upcoming um, EPs and storyline. And, yeah. and um, Yeah.
2: Also, like, we're releasing a music video. Um, We should be getting it this week. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, in that you'll probably see all of it because we like like fashion as well. So, like, we make all our our outfits and that, like, that we wear on stage. And so we were like, well, we want to make different, like, costumes for each idol and stuff like that. So you'll see it in there. You'll be like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know all of them now.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you'll you'll get it straight away if you're looking for it. But otherwise, and that's kind of like something we did want to do where you don't want to make this release like, oh, you can only like really appreciate it or understand it if you know there's a story going on. It's like, I mean, that's like a stupid way to make art.
2: We still wanted to make it like, you know, if people just wanted to listen to the songs, that's fine. They're just going to still listen to songs and
0: whatever. But for the people who really care and want to take a deeper look then there's so much more value to be found. Yeah, for
2: sure. Which is like why I always like concept albums because you kind of learn a lot more about the artist as well, like what they're thinking. Mm.
0: Mm. Um. Absolutely. Well, with that said, um, I want to say thank you so much for jumping on the show. Uh, Anyone who's listening, look into the visual experience. Uh, There is so much cool stuff in that um look listen to their other tracks you know check out these guys on the social media they are doing an, a phenomenal job of creating you know art that matters in 2020 and i think that's something that's uh it's kind of been missing we've got a lot of vapid and this isn't vapid um is there anything you guys want to shout out is there anything you want to particularly um talk about before we wrap up
1: um, i think just like if you're interested jump on the website firebirdband.com and you can like, yeah, watch that visual experience. And also you can buy the EP directly from the website, which yeah, we would really appreciate that. Cause then we can uh, pay for the next stuff to come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you and get yeah. like, there's a lot of, awesome. there's a lot of Easter eggs in that download link as well. Oh, yeah
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. I'll be checking that out for sure. Um, Cool. Well, is there any particular song you'd like to have played on the outro for this one?
2: Um, uh, no, you pick what, whatever you like. I was going to say you here. I mean, if
1: you want. I want to hear, like, to yeah, favourite one. Yeah, you choose. Choose your
0: favourite one and then it's, yeah. it's cool. Called- I get to choose? All right, yeah. all right. I'll, I'll definitely have to uh, scour through this one again and make the difficult decision. But yeah. thank you so much for jumping on, guys. Um, no, we aren't going to hang up pick. just yet. We're going betel- <laughs> to pretend... What was you that? just play
1: the whole 17-minute <laughs> visual experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just plug it in at the end, yeah. Um, thanks so much for jumping on, guys. I'm going to pretend to hang up now, but we're actually going to stay on the line for a little bit longer. Right. But uh, thank you for being part of the show. Thanks so much for having yes. us.
2: Thanks so much for having us.
1: Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> my song. It'll change your life.
3: I got words that you right. I think I could save the world tonight. Maybe I could save the world tonight. It'll change your life. I got words that will heal you right. Think I'm gonna save the world tonight. Maybe I could will save the world tonight. It'll It'll change your life. I got words that will heal you right. Think I'm gonna save the world tonight. Maybe I could will save the world tonight. Is it kind of worthy for the sun to shine? I don't think we're searching for the bright side.